What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Cook. And this week, we have a fabulous guest. This week, I'm talking to Michelle Fenninghouse from Find Your Balance Health. And Michelle was actually my very first interview on the Wellpreneur podcast three and a half years ago. And I'm really thrilled to have her back today to kind of give you an update on how health coaching has evolved and her advice for new health coaches and how her own business has evolved over this time. So this podcast is especially for health coaches and in particular for new health coaches that are still in school or just finishing school or just starting their businesses because that's kind of Michelle's specialty area. She's a health coach, but she also works with health coaches. And I think you'll really enjoy her advice and, and her stories about how she got started herself and what she recommends today. As always, you can get the links to everything we talk about in the show notes, which are available at wellpreneuronline.com. And you can come and chat with us about the episode over in the Wellpreneur community on Facebook. We have over 2,000 Wellpreneurs in the group on Facebook, and it's a promo-free zone, and we're always over there chatting about that week's podcast episodes. And sometimes the guests even drop in to talk with us over there. So I'd love to see you there. Just open up Facebook and type in Wellpreneur community and then request to join. Okay, let's jump into this interview with Michelle Fenninghouse. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Hey, Amanda. Thank you for having me. So you might not realize, and I'm sure the listeners don't know, but you were my very first Wellpreneur podcast interview. And I have to say, we recorded it, I think, gosh, three and a half years ago as a video interview. And then like the video didn't work. And I had, you know, the first time you do something, there's always all these issues that come up and they all came up with your interview, which you have no idea about. But we saved it and we ran it on the show. And so I am so excited to have you back now when I'm older and wiser and our businesses have evolved and we have so much more to talk about. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, that's a, it feels like a lifetime ago. Older and wiser and a few more gray hairs, I would say. Totally. And I totally <laughs> want to talk. Of us. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Yeah, I think I don't even know when I started the podcast. I think I might have just stopped coloring my hair and I was in that fun growing out phase. So yeah, I was probably around the exact same time for me. So yes, we've matured, Amanda. We have a more mature conversation to have today. Wonderful. With our sparkly silver highlights. That's what that's I call right. mine. So yeah, <laughs> amazing. So Michelle, for anyone that's not familiar with you, can you just tell us a quick overview of what it is, what's your business and what you do? Yeah, sure. I am a nutrition coach. I'm a graduate from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I've been doing this for almost a decade now. My website is findyourbalancehealth.com. And I mostly work with sort of the overweight, overworked corporate woman in terms of my health coaching practice. And everything I do is online. So I have one of these fully online businesses, which is amazing. So Michelle, I'm wondering if we could start off and you could take us back to the beginning and just share how it was that you got started health coaching, like how you found your first clients. 
Sure. It was really funny because I, all right, I used to go down to the classes at IIN. This was back when classes were held in New York City. And I would sit in the back row and I was very cynical about the whole thing. I'm like, I'm never going to do this. This is, I can't do this. And I just had this attitude that like, you know, it was cool to learn about health coaching. I wasn't going to do it. But I had a career in advertising. So I was working in advertising and I was an art director and I just figured I was maybe going to do some health coaching on the side. But this was in like 2008, 2009. And you guys might remember there was a bit of an economic downturn and we got hit in advertising and I lost my job. And I was actually really happy about that because I I didn't want to be working in advertising, but I was scared. What was I going to do? You know, so it was really just serendipity that weekend. I went down to classes at IIN, sitting in the back row, and Joshua looked out at us and said, you guys are ready. Go find your first clients. And I was like, ah, (laughs) who, how am I going to do that? I can't do that. Right. It was, it seemed impossible, but I had a fire lit underneath me because I needed to start making money. So my very, very, very first client was actually my cousin, who was somebody who I I knew she needed help with her health. And and she sort of agreed to be my very first client. But soon after that, my client started coming to me from a blog that I had been writing. And it was a pretty, if you saw it, Amanda, like I could even give you the link because it is still up on the internet. Like it is hilarious to go back and look at, but it was a very simple like blog spot blog that I had been writing about, you know, just my own journey. Like, hey, I just learned what flax seeds are. So I'm going to write about that, you know, and it was very much my own health journey being documented. And I had readers. This was a long time ago. And blogging was much more simple back then. But I had readers. I had a following of some sort. And when I announced that I was now able to start accepting clients, people started emailing me and said that they wanted to be my client. And those are my first my first probably five clients I got that way. Amazing. Yeah. So I started my natural beauty website back in 2009. Yeah. About the same time frame, right? And it was totally different then. Like it was really, you didn't really have to have good photos. Like you could, yeah. it, was a, it was a whole different level of what you could put out and still build a readership. So I'm curious now that, you know, fast forward to today, is that still working? Like that people can blog and then like, what what are you seeing in your experience with new health coaches? Like, is that still something that's working today? No, I wouldn't say so. It really, it was very different then. There was much less clutter. Like you said, you didn't even have to have nice photography. <laughs> it was so simple. Um, there just weren't as many blogs. I think there's a lot more expected of bloggers now from the photography to the social media savvy to just writing content that is, you know, going to be found on Google. You know, back then, I feel like a lot of us were just writing about our own personal stories, almost like a diary. Mm -hmm. But these days, you need to write things that you know, people are searching for if you want them to find you, or something that's going to um, grab someone's attention in the Facebook feed. You know, those things just didn't even exist. I started my blog in 2007. I don't even know if Facebook existed. I don't think it did. Mm -hmm. It's so um, di- yeah, it's very there's, different. there's so much more to take into account. And I think that can be really overwhelming for new health coaches starting out. Obviously, I mean, all the there's so much sophistication now to online marketing. It's not just like, oh, get a blog, you know, a blog spot blog and start writing mm-hmm. and then, you know, have people contact you through a contact form. Like there's whole different levels of complexity. So I'd love uh, to ask you, like, so what is your advice today for new health coaches? Like, how do you recommend people get started? Because I know there's a lot of new health coaches and aspiring health coaches listening to this podcast who just feel a bit overwhelmed by how to get started. Yeah, well, I think the very good idea to be creating content 
if, if that is something, if you're good at writing, then a blog is a good idea. If you prefer a podcast format, you know, podcasting is actually, it's not in its infancy, but it's, what did you, wouldn't you agree, Amanda? It's less, totally. it's not as far yeah. along as blogging has. Yeah. yeah. Like you can still get started pretty easily with a podcast and there's less clutter yeah. uh, in the market. Definitely. Because there's so many people that still don't even know what podcasts are. So there's a huge potential audience out there of people that just don't even listen to podcasts yet that hopefully yeah. will start listening. So yeah. But, but again, you have to like, I think what you said is the key. It's like, what's your strength? right? Do you like to write or do you like to be on video or do you like to do podcasts? Because if you hate it, you're not going to do it. Yeah. And another something that really is somewhat in its infancy would be like Facebook live videos. You could do a, uh, a 20 minute Facebook live video every week and that could be the content that you're putting out. I think it's important to put out content, but it doesn't stop there. You need to be collecting email addresses and building your email list because it's the people on your email list. Even though I got a lot of clients at first from my blog following, I would say these days, that's very unlikely. The much better bet is to put out content, collect email addresses, or hold a live workshop, collect email addresses, or you know whatever you're doing, collect email addresses, because then you can in turn build a relationship with the people on your mailing list and sell to them. So what do you recommend like if somebody's just coming out, like they're just starting their business, right? Just coming mm -hmm. out of school, have their certification. I think this applies to more than just health coaches too. Like any new practitioner coming out, and they need to find their first client. So starting to build an email list probably isn't the fastest way to get your first client, right? So what do you what do you recommend? I think public workshops are the number one thing that you can do, mm -hmm. honestly, because you're killing a couple birds with one stone, right? Like you're going to get practice speaking and acting as an authority or an expert. You're putting yourself in that expert role. So that's huge for building your confidence. The other thing you're doing is you are building relationships with whoever is hosting your workshop. You're going to build a relationship that way. You're going to build relationships with everyone who shows up. And when you meet someone face-to-face -face in this online world that we live in, those face-to-face -face meetings are worth gold. So that is extremely useful. And of course, you will start building your mailing list with all of those faces that are showing up for your event. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of, you're doing a lot of things at once. And I don't, I don't find it to be very useful to try to pitch someone right away to become a client. Like, hey, you showed up for my workshop. We just met 40 minutes ago. You want to give me a couple thousand dollars or, you know, you want to sign up for a consultation? I, I don't know that that always works like right away. But I think that if you can follow up with people after the workshop, maybe with some related materials some follow up notes, you know, answers to questions that you didn't have time for. You email them a few times and then you can start to make offers to for a consultation. I'm curious, since you've been involved with health coaching for, like you said, almost a decade, how has that changed? Because when in the beginning, no one knew what a health coach was, right? And so are you seeing the industry changing? Like, are people getting more comfortable with it? Or is the fact that there's more competition making it more challenging? Like, kind of what's your take on how that's all evolved? Yes. And yes, it is harder and it is easier <laughs> at the same time. I prefer to think about how it's easier. But, um, you know, I would say, Amanda, back then, my job was, it was a lot of teaching people about what organic food was and what kale looked like. And a lot of these more basic topics, because they didn't, even pretty smart, educated people just didn't know. It wasn't as common. You know, Walmart did not have an organic section uh, 10 years ago. So um, I would say that these days, you know, we have to be a bit more sophisticated because our clients and potential clients know a lot more 
So there is that, you know, and, and they may, be, may or may not know what a health coach is, but I think they're just more familiar with this idea of eating real food because it's become not quite mainstream, but it's getting there. So in that sense, it's, you know, we have to up our game a little bit. And I think what has had what has had to happen in my business is that I started off just like, hey, I'm a health coach. I'm going to help you get healthy. You, whoever you are, you know, I can help you. <laughs> and mm-hmm. now, as you heard me say in the beginning, you know, I work with sort of the overachieving, overworked, overweight women. And I've had to get much more specific about the type of person I work with and how I work with her. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think especially online, I mean, that's so key to cut through the noise. That's so important. I talk about that loads in my book because otherwise, if you're just like, hey, I can help anyone just get healthy. No, I mean, all the bigger blogs are going to come up way before you. But if you can say a super specific thing, then you've got a much better shot. So I'm curious, Michelle, about your health coaching business. What are you finding that's really working for you now in terms of marketing? (laughs) This is probably not the answer anybody wants to hear, but I'll be honest. I find that there is a cumulative effect. There's no one webinar that just knocks it out of the park. There's no one blog post that just kills it, you know, but there's this cumulative effect over the years. I recently signed a client. She'd been on my mailing list since I started, finally signed up as a client, you know, and what I'm finding these days is that I don't have to really sell myself. I more or less can put out great content, you know, host my webinars, do my things. I certainly make offers, but it's no one thing that works. It's the cumulative effect, sort of the snowballing effect of all of it. When by the time somebody comes to me and is interested in coaching, like they're already sold. It's much easier because of this, this, uh, they've seen me all the work I've been doing through the years. So what about social media? Like what are you finding most effective or engaging or fun for you right now? I've been really enjoying Facebook groups. I hope, I hope they continue to be free and with the reach that they get because it's just been such a delight having these communities where I'm really able to, you know, reach more people and interact with them, you know, versus our Facebook pages, which years ago you would post something on and everybody would see. Now, of course, you post something on your Facebook page and four people see it. Mm-hmm. I think the groups have been like super fun and helped have helped reinvigorate my creativity and, you know, just the conversations that I'm able to have. So that's been huge for me. And and lately I've been getting more into Facebook live videos and video is like, whoa, scary. But I think because of, again, the reach that Facebook live videos are getting, that's been really fun for me lately as well. I love groups too, actually. We've got a Wellprinter group and it's just it's it's just a place we can hang out and really interact with each other because so much of marketing is like one-sided, right? It's just like you broadcasting stuff. And it's been hard until, you know, until Facebook groups, there wasn't really a place that we could hang out and really interact. And that's this. So yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've started several. I've had to cut down to just the ones that are working the best for me because it can be a lot of, a lot of work, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. But don't you like, I mean, you can automate, you can automate a bit of it, like some regular posts, but you still Mm -hmm. need to go in there because I think people can tell if you're not there. Oh, absolutely. And if everything's automated, then it just doesn't feel, yeah, it doesn't have this, I don't know, there's some energetic feeling people get like in a neglected group versus in an active group. So yeah, it's, it is a lot of work. I would agree with you. And that's sort of something too, that I think has shifted. Maybe in the beginning, you know, I would send my newsletters and I would write my blog posts and then people would respond. And it was it felt more one-sided. I think marketing in all industries has become much more about 
really getting in it, you know, having a conversation, really uh, showing more of the real side of who you are and not just a polished, perfect picture on the, on the homepage of your website. Mm-hmm. So I think what's been really working for me is developing relationships quite deeply. You know, there's some people I probably talk to almost every day online and they are my biggest fans. And I mean, I really like it, I feel like it is a real relationship, even though we have not met in person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. This like when you've met online, but you still feel so connected to somebody. It's really cool. So I'm curious, just like on a personal productivity side, how do you handle social media so that it like doesn't totally take over your life or take over your phone or, you know, how do you, mm. how do you, what, what's your practice for social media? I definitely have no alerts turn off all the alerts on your phone. That is the only big piece of advice I could give on that because I think it can just drive you to madness to constantly be getting those ping, ping, ping when you're trying to do something else. Um, And what I try to do is set aside just, um, you know, usually the first hour of my workday, I dedicate to my Facebook groups and my own Facebook page. and, And you'll notice I'm talking about Facebook a lot. And that's because I focus mostly on Facebook I do a little bit of Instagram and a little bit of Pinterest, but that's it. Um, mm-hmm. You have to you have to narrow down, you know, which platforms you're going to to really invest in. Yeah, it's funny. Some people still say that Twitter is like the best thing ever for them, but it just has never really worked for me. And now mm-hmm. I feel like it's. I mean, it's just because I've neglected it. It's just become like a total dead zone. So don't go to my Twitter, anybody. Because <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> you know, but like, isn't that funny? Like some platforms just really work. Like I love Instagram. And I really like the Facebook group. So yeah, you kind of have to find what works for you, but what also works for your people. That's right. It's for, uh, you know, what works for the person that you you're targeting, because I've actually asked many of my clients, you know, where they're most active. I just kind of work that question into the conversation sometimes, mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm curious, sometimes they're not even um, very vocal on Facebook or in the groups, but they're there. They're watching, they're reading, they'll say, oh, you posted that link to such and such. And I'm like, oh, you were paying attention? So like, it's really good to know like where they are. And then that's where you need to be too. So anyway, I dedicate the first hour of my day to it. And then after that, I try to just, you know, I turn it off so that I can focus on the other work that I'm trying to get done. I turn it on again, usually in the evenings after my kids are in bed, I'll check in just to make sure there's nothing pressing. Also, a lot of people are very active on Facebook in the evenings because they also have, you know, downtime. So that's a, a good time to either schedule posts or to, or to show up because they're there. But I'm not as religious about that. Mm-hmm. How has your work week changed since you started out? So you, I know you started out, you know, still with an online business and health coaching. But like, I guess I'm curious, like your kids would have really grown up during this time. Like, how has your working life changed over the past seven years? Oh, it is so much more sane now. Oh, man. In the beginning... And this is partially because of having babies, but partially just because I was new to this idea of working for myself and working from home, which is hard. You know, I think in the beginning, I was just all over the place. I was trying to do everything. I was trying to do everything at once. And so my days were very fractured and we were working on different tasks or I was going, you know, going to meet somebody for coffee to network. You'd never catch me doing that these days. Or I used to teach yoga. So I, you know, half, half of my day would be spent traveling back and forth to a yoga class I was teaching. And these days I'm much more focused. My kids are a little bit older. They're at school all day long. So I have long, long uh, amounts of time to work when, when they're little, I had maybe 15 minutes to work here and there, little bursts of time. 
So now I have, I sit down, I have like today, I can tell you exactly what I'm going to work on. I even have it I, coincidentally right in front of me. I, you know, I have it, it's scheduled for myself, you know, from this time to this time, I'm doing this from this time to this time, I'm going to do that. And I just know what's going to happen. I'm much more focused. I'm curious, do you have like a morning routine? I love knowing people's morning routines or like something uh, to kind of get you into, get you into your day. It is not a health coach morning routine, friend. It is a, a morning routine of having two little kids. You know, it's like wake up, get them dressed, get them fed, get them out of the house. You know, by the time I get back, I'm like, oh, I should probably drink some water, you know? <laughs> oh my God. There's so many people listening right now that are just loving you because like I've had, I've asked this question to so many guests. And like, I don't have kids. So my morning routine is like totally different. You know, like oh, I can just like wake meditate. Up. I do. <laughs> I meditate. I write my morning pages. I take my shower. I make a healthy breakfast. Like I've got this whole morning routine. Yeah. And when you said that, like everyone's loving you right now, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, no, I'm not meditating in the morning. You guys, sometimes I do try to do like a lemon water for myself while the kids are eating. You know, I try to do that much. For myself, but no, my game, my whole like game plan in the morning is get them out of here, and then I can sit down and do my thing. Mm -hmm. And so, how do you know like what you're going to work on? Do you have any like productivity? I don't know. Like, how do you keep track of your work, basically? Oh, I'm such a like to do list maker. I have. Well, I use Trello. Yeah, Trello. Yes, we use Trello too. Mm -hmm. Love it. I use Trello. Um, I mostly use Trello for bigger picture thinking. So to kind of keep track of different projects that I have coming down the pipeline, that sort of top level, you know, all the different things happening in my business. But on a day-to-day -day level, I, I use pen and paper. I have a list of things that I want to accomplish or that I need to accomplish in a given week. Every morning, I circle the tasks that have to be completed that day, like no questions asked. Do those first, cross them off when I'm done, circle the next thing. Oh, Very super methodical. simple, low tech. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so for anybody that doesn't know, Trello is like an online, gosh, I don't even know what to call it. It's like you have a, a bunch of boards and you can put cards on them. So it's really good to organize projects. We use it to actually organize the podcast episodes mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. are coming up. So yeah, and it's free. So everyone should check that out. I'll put the link in the show notes. Thank you for sharing that. So I want to loop back to new health coaches because that's something that I think it's one of your, really your areas of expertise. So, because I know you see lots of health coaches getting started and they come to you for advice. So what are some of the mistakes that you see new health coaches making when they're just trying to find their first clients? I see a lot of health coaches doing a lot of paperwork, so to speak, a lot of like research, a lot of like, oh, I have to like file to do this with my business, with the state, and I have to register that and I have to get my... LLC and I have to get a bank account and I have to get a logo and all these things that could take months, years. And in the meantime, they're not working with any clients and they're not getting any experience, they're not honing their craft and you know and they're not gaining any confidence. So it's almost this facade of a health coaching business because now they have a logo, but <laughs> they have no reason to believe that they can help anyone through health coaching because they haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that is the biggest problem. I call it, you know, these rabbit holes that people fall down with. I have to set this up. I got to set that up. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest right now. I am still a sole proprietor. I've never set up an LLC. I'm about to do it now for tax reasons. I'm about to set up some more advanced. I'm not saying that's like the right thing to do. I'm just saying that like you can have a whole career 
Like I was five years into my business before I even opened up a business bank account. Again, maybe I could have done it sooner. Maybe that would have been smarter, but I'm doing just fine. I think a lot of times that can just be like a form of procrastination because mm-hmm. it's so scary to like try to figure out how to find a client that it's just easier to bury yourself in paperwork and legal stuff, right? Oh, yes. Oh, and building a website. I have to build a website. Oh. I tell everybody, do not waste your money because once you start working with clients, you'll very quickly change what you're doing. with You know, you'll think, oh, I'm going to work with women to lose weight. And then you're going to realize you hate that. Mm-hmm. So then you're going to say, oh, I'm going to work with moms to do meal planning. And then you're going to realize, yeah, I don't know, that doesn't work for another reason. So you're going to change a lot. And to build your website or get like printed materials made right off the bat makes no sense Mm -hmm. because you're going to change what you're doing and then you're gonna have to redo all of that. So I couldn't agree more like that. I so, so, so agree. So what do you recommend people do instead? What do they do instead of build a website and get a logo? Get some clients, you know, (laughs) get some clients. So go give, go give a workshop, basically. Go give a, I think, I think a public workshop and start your email list. A lot of people think they have to have a website in order to have an email list, but you don't. You can be communicating with people by email. You can be making offers by email. You can be sending recipes by email. You can be doing that, practicing writing. It's so much easier than setting up a website. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're still, you know, you're still writing and creating and communicating and you're building relationship with the people you have on your list so far. So I think it's the workshops. And it's the email list. And to your point, I think most people would rather bury their head in paperwork and, you know, behind the scenes stuff than put themselves out there and get that experience. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how they get stuck. So if you're dragging your feet out there, then take Michelle's advice to heart and think about where could you go get in front of your ideal clients and just give a talk and just get started. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And it will be like, it will be imperfect. It absolutely will be imperfect. You will absolutely make mistakes. And there is no better way to get better. Like you will never be ready before you just go do it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and you'll get better as you go. You know, I think if you, if you just sit in front of your computer and like pound your head against the keyboard thinking like, oh, I have to identify my perfect target market before I can do anything at all, you know, you'll just sit there for the next six months doing Mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Cool. Well, Michelle, we're actually running out of time in our interview, but I wanted to just have you tell us a bit about where people can get in touch with you because I know you have a lot of things going on. You've got a Facebook group and some other stuff. So kind of let us know, like any listeners that want to learn more from you, where should they go? Yeah. So the best way to um, get in touch with me for all you health coaches out there is I have a free Facebook community. Um, it's getting quite large. It's really, it's such a fun place. We're all health coaches. So you go to healthcoachpowercommunity.com and that URL will take you directly to the Facebook group where you can request to join. And I'm there. I'm there all day. Like, I mean, not all day, but I'm there every day. You'll see me in it. It's very active. Awesome. Cool. And we'll link that up in the show notes too. And give us your website also so people can come check you out. Sure. My website is findyourbalancehealth.com. Cool. Thank you so much for being with me today, Michelle. It was great to have you back on the show. Yeah. How fun. Thanks a lot, Amanda. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, you can find all the links in the show notes, which are available at wellpreneuronline.com. And don't forget to come join us over in our Wellpreneur community group on Facebook. Okay, have a fantastic week, and I will see you back here for the next episode.